Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Yes, Panther fans, I'm asking you for the second straight week. How are you feeling after another preseason game that Carolina loses and the starters, well, mixed reviews, but it's certainly not 100%. We're ready to go for week one in the regular season. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We want to know how you're feeling right now about the Panthers. And you can text us 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. Wes, we were all group chatting it up this weekend, watching the Carolina Panthers take on the Giants. And in the second half, we got to see them perform a little better offensively, but all we really care about is what the starters do for the most part. Yes, we care about the second stringers and the third stringers and the guys trying to make the team, but it's all about the starting offensive line, what Bryce Young does, what the skill positions do, the wide receivers, are they getting open? How would you say you're feeling right now? At before before we get to the panic meter, why don't you articulate maybe some of your feelings before we put a number on it? Well, I feel like that this, uh, this football team right now, they definitely need to shore up a few things before the season starts. There's no question about him. For one, uh, that offensive line, because we know that the drive uh, that they ended up scoring the field goal on was aided by some penalties as well. And so they weren't able to necessarily get down on their own merit. Rice took a big shot from Kayvon Thibodeau and then got sacked by him as well. And then the offensive line, especially in that middle, boy, 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 did Dexter Lawrence have a good time with the middle of that defense. And so you were not happy with the offensive line play again for the second straight week after this was a team that was much maligned uh, or as far as especially that unit was much maligned this week and so you wanted to see them come out with a better showing and you didn't see it so I think at this point you do start to worry about is this going to be an all-season thing is this going to be a big uh, sore spot for this team that you've got the franchise quarterback and the offensive line is a little bit more behind than what you thought they were all right Fiddy, how are you feeling right now before we start to go to the panic meter and we can get some numbers some answers rolling in on the text line what would you be texting the text line maybe you are on your burner account yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say you're concerned a little bit about Iki Aquanu. I think the, the middle of the offensive line is going to be what it is until Austin Corbett is back 100%, but it's still preseason. And until it matters, I'm not going to freak out. Yeah, we got we got two games, right? Like after game one, I came in here with a one and a half panic meter number. I was like, one and a half, that was it. Wes is already at a six. He was here, okay? Like, he was right. Y'all need to figure this out before we get to the regular season. I can only imagine that number goes up after you gave him a (laughs) six in preseason game number one. Let's find out together. Let's pull up to the scene. Mr. Bus Driver, open up the doors, and let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! 
Give it to us, big fella. <laughs> What's the number? Six after preseason game number one. What you got after the Giants and the Panthers lose 21-19? I'm going to go up a digit. I'm going to go up to a seven uh, right now because you, you give up three sacks, one hit, eight hurries, and 30 pass blocking snaps. And granted, Bryce, one, Bryce Young wasn't in there for all of those snaps. But, I mean, people can say what they want preseason this, preseason that. But at the end of the day, you know, you are going out there with the intentions of being sharp. You're going out there with the intentions of looking like you're ready to go once the regular season comes. And when you see the same issues that you saw the week before, then I think you start to see that it's a, um, you know, that, it, that it's a problem. And the offensive line right now, some of the hits that Bryce has taken, uh, especially Icky. And, and the one sack that was given up, it was a miscommunication, no doubt about it. He thought that uh, a, a blocking zone or whichever way they were going to go with it was well, called. Well, he passed it off to no one. Exactly, <laughs> because was, he thought somebody was, was going to be there. There was no one to the left of him. Yeah, so there was a miscommunication there, no doubt about it. So that one, you can chalk that up to that. But then just getting beat just off of a pure speed rush by Kayvon Thibodeau, the very next snap, that's the one that's a little bit more concerning. It's that's like, right. okay, is he ready? Is he ready for this? And those are the little things. Like, I could care less about the score at the end of preseason games, but I'm looking at little things uh, that, that lead themselves to big things. I'm a big believer in that. And so I just feel like that this team right now, that uh, they definitely, like I said, they, they've got some questions they need to answer by the time the regular season comes. Because if this offensive line comes out and continues to play like this in the regular season, it is not going to be a good season here. Jamal from Charlotte wrote in, if y'all think Dexter Lawrence had a field day, imagine what Grady Jarrett does. I mean, I yeah, Grady Jarrett's a really good player. This is no knock on him, but that's kind of like saying if you had a field day or if you allowed one top five defensive tackle to have a field day, imagine what another guy does. Like, yeah, Dexter Lawrence is out here being sick. It was carnage out there. Well, yeah. Woo! I mean, well, Dexter, here's my main takeaway, right? Before I give you a panic meter number, uh-huh. I'm not surprised that Dexter Lawrence had a field day against the interior offensive line. Even with me liking Bradley Bozeman coming aboard again, even with me liking Bradley Bozeman, it's not been any secret that the best part of his game is run blocking. And what they wanted to do was try to shore up protection enough for Bryce Young to be safe, and he still took too many hits, still under a little too much duress. But I'm not surprised, Wes, that Dexter Lawrence, a guy that got paid, a guy that is a top five defensive tackle that is just a pure monster of a human being, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Dexter Lawrence got after Bradley Bozeman. I'm surprised about Icky. It's been pretty, I don't want to be dramatic here. It's been pretty disastrous the first two preseasons for mm-hmm. him. I'm totally with you. It, I would feel a lot more comfortable if Icky Aquanu only gave up that sack and that was the only thing wrong that happened with him because of miscommunication. Frank Reich talked about it the last couple of days saying, hey, there was a problem with the communication. We'll try to work on verbiage there to make sure that doesn't happen again. We're going to shore that up. But you're right, Wes. The very next play, the very next play, Kayvon Thibodeau beats him. Yeah. Straight up. One-on-one, boom. Gets a hit on Bryce Young. Bryce Young throws a sick pass to Hayden Hurst, which has been the best pass that he's delivered 
all preseason long, limited sample size, but I love that he took the hit from his blind side, delivered it to Hayden Hurst downfield to at least give them a chance on a fourth and short. Hey, do we want to be aggressive here? But then Chandler Savala has the holding call. It turns into third and 30, and there's nothing you can do with a third and 30. But my main takeaway in a negative sense is Icky looks way worse than I thought he would. Even with, like, defensive lines being good, I'll give that excuse to some of these players. I'll actually give that excuse a little bit to Bradley Bozeman for Lawrence. But Wes, former left tackle, my man, (laughs) what's going on with Icky right now? Because this is someone that was pretty good in pass protection last year for a rookie. You want him to move on up, and it hasn't looked like that the first two preseason games. Yeah, I mean, you look at the PFF grades, he's got a 17 pass blocking grade in two preseason games, a 44.6 grade overall. He's given up three pressures, a hurry, a hit, and a sack. And so the thing with that is with him, man, you just wanted to see him continue to progress. Everything you've heard this offseason was Icky taking that next step. You've seen a lot of national pundits pointing to him saying this is a guy that's getting ready to make the next step and ascend into one of the best tackles in the game. And we're not seeing any of that through the first two preseason games. And so playing out there at left tackle, man, the assignment is always tough every week. It's rare you're going to have a guy. You can't take any snaps off against anybody, but it's rare you're going to have a guy that you feel like, okay, yeah, I, I can breathe a little bit. He's got to bring it every week. So whatever he's got going, I still have faith that he can get this thing together as the season approaches. But you don't like the progress. And you don't like what you're seeing in this limited sample size from Mr. Aquano right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. So Moose writes in, it's a new scheme, Walker. New offense, new verbiage, etc. Okay. Okay, that's 100% true. And you know what that explains? The miscommunication on, on, on the actual sack that took place. You're going to blame him getting beat by Kayvon the next play on new scheme? It, yeah, no, that was no, just man on man. He got beat. He got beat. Yeah. That's the problem. I'm so with you. I'm so with Moose. If that was the only mistake that we got from Icky West, if it was only the miscommunication, no, you don't like it because Bryce Young could get hurt on the blind side if you have an angry defensive lineman that doesn't really care about your well-being and he wants to show how bad of a man he is and he just throws you into the ground. You allow that opportunity when you have a miscommunication. But when you get beat just straight up one-on-one like that, and Thibodeau is a good edge rusher in the league. I think he's going to be a really good player. But I feel like if you're a sixth overall pick and you are projected, we're all hoping that you are a franchise left tackle, you got to win those matchups. And we're talking about a limited sample size and Icky still isn't looking good because we can judge offensive linemen, as you might know, Mm -hmm. off of one sack you allow in a game and look at you like, that wasn't a great game. We're talking about three series. We're not talking many snaps, and Icky is still not looking good right now. Totally with you. I'm not saying he's going to be an awful left tackle next year. I think it's it's a lot more logical to say that Icky is going to be a good player in this league based off what he did in his rookie season. And everybody saying calm down on the text line is totally right. I'm not saying Icky's going to be a bad player, but let's call it what it is. It's bad play right now. Icky still has Pro Bowl potential. All of the talent in the world. The scheme stuff, yeah, that's going to help a lot. That's going to help a lot when he 
gets continuity. You start to figure it out. It doesn't mean I think he's going to be a bad player. But if we're supposed to be evaluating what these players have done through the first two preseason games, and I'm telling you my biggest disappointment in an offense that's been largely disappointing as a whole, I'm pointing to that guy and saying, that's not what I expected. That's not what I expected at all. And the thing is, too, for the the Texans out there, it's like when they try to continually say, oh, it's preseason, it's preseason. What do you think these guys are going out there trying to do? Do you think they're going out like, hey, you know, it's just preseason, man. I don't care how I look. I'm just going to go out here and just whatever happens, happens. No, they're trying hard. They're going out there to to get themselves ready for the season, to get those reps, and they want to have good reps. And when they're not getting good reps, that's a problem, especially when we've seen what we've seen from a guy that we are expecting to come out and emerge as one of the best tackles in football. So please stop with the it's preseason. These guys aren't approaching it that way. They want to come out there and put their best foot forward, especially in a new offense, especially with new coaches. So, yes, this is something to watch going forward. I'm not saying that it's time to be in full-blown panic mode, but we're not going to come up here and just be like, oh, it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. No, it matters because if this happens week one and week two, then, yeah, people are going to say, well, told you it was happening in preseason it's happening now i never gave you a number i was at one and a half after the first preseason <laughs> game put it up to like three and a half or four okay that's a, that's a nice little jump it's a good it's a decent where it was it's a decent jump i'm still not panicking i'm still not above what you might consider an average panic score but if you put i'll be definitive let's let's put it at four right now okay because You've had two good defensive lines that you've gone up against, and the offensive line hasn't looked good. Largely, with continuity being a big part of your offensive line, not going to deny that. And you do have one guy missing, but we've seen problems on the left side. Yeah, you got a new scheme. Totally get it. Yeah, you have even a new offense, new verbiage, whatever. We keep using that word, but that's just how it is, right? We understand that there is some new. I expect this offensive line to figure it out against the the bad or even average defensive lines. That's why I think what they do against the Lions on Friday, that's going to erase a lot of the bad feelings that you had because it's a very what have you done for me lately type of world that we live in. If they show up against the Lions, who don't don't have as good of a defensive line as either of the New York teams, they're going to have among the better, maybe even top five but units. Icky still got a problem to deal with on that edge. Yeah, you're right. Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, you're right. If he so, plays. Some people think Kayvon was even better than Aiden, but I'm I did. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want to have that debate. Either way, yeah, he's got to he's got to perform well against Aiden. I would love to see that. And if he does, then I think you can start to feel a lot better heading into the regular season. We'll talk, uh, still talk more panic. We will still talk a little bit more about the Panthers and the Giants and what happened in that 21-19 loss. The continued main takeaways. What was the best thing you saw on Friday? We'll talk about it next. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, we're going to hit with the news update. Fitty going to lead us in. What you got, Fitty? 
Well, we're still a week or so away from roster cuts around the National Football League, but the Panthers made a big move early this morning waving Marquan McCall, a guy that actually started the week one preseason opener but only saw 18 snaps in Friday's game at the Giants, appeared in 16 games a year ago. Um, so I guess the first real significant cut of the 2023 preseason for Carolina. A little surprising just because Marquand McCall was a guy that felt he was an under-talked-about player playing pretty well in training camp. I know when people would say, hey, here's an under-the-radar guy that's playing pretty well. Yeah. Is, it, is this a Willie P guy, too? Am I right about that? I don't know if he's a rising star Keith Taylor levels uh-huh. for Willie P. We can ask him tomorrow at 1.30. But I mean, like, and I know it doesn't mean much. I mean, they made him available to the media last week. So who would have thought he was maybe on the verge of getting cut? Yeah, I was, I'm surprised about this. And I'm looking at just a, a couple of people covering what's going on with Frank Reich speaking to the media. Sheena Quick put out a tweet out there. Panthers have waived Marquand McCall. The timing is so that he has the opportunity to make a roster elsewhere per Frank Reich. And so hopefully this is a solid enough to the point where he's able to latch on to another team. I would expect that he's able to do so. Joe Person tweeting also that he did not see that one coming. He's the corresponding move for Troy Hill, who they signed. Somebody to play for the Rams a few years back. I believe led the league in defensive touchdowns a few years back, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So Troy Hill, mm. cornerback depth coming aboard this Carolina Panthers roster. Marquand McCall, now no longer a member of the Carolina Panthers as the corresponding moves. Feel free to text in. We're continuing to talk about the Panthers and the Giants and the Panthers preseason overall. 704-570-9610. 828 number. Crib said the texters continue to say calm down. James Campen called an emergency meeting after game one. Shows things aren't calm, at least in the building. What do you make of that text? Because you've made that point a couple times. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The way the players reacted after that game, the way the coach reacted. I don't know why people, they love to dismiss any preseason failures as, oh, it's just preseason. But these guys have to objective and go to coming out, looking sharp, getting reps to get themselves ready for the season. There's a reason that guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and and some of the greats that they get out there and play because they want to get themselves in a rhythm and be sharp for the season. It's the same thing for this offensive line. They want to come out and have a good showing. The fact that you get two straight weeks of not getting good showings from your offensive line, as I've said numerous times, they were talked about all week. Last week, you heard players on that line, Cam Irving coming out post-game, strong comments that he had using a lot of expletives and talking about their play. So these guys weren't happy about it. And for them to come out for the second straight week after all of that and not play well again – That is a problem. Like, no matter how you slice the cake, they see it as a problem. We should as well. This has got to tighten up before the regular season comes. Bottom line, you've got the new rookie quarterback. You don't have receivers necessarily that are going to tear the world up as far as just continually eating and and getting off the line early. Like, this offense has to work in symmetry all across the board. An offensive line is going to be a huge Part of that, they've got to get this fixed before the season comes. Every team's going to have flaws. This looks like it could be one right now if they don't get it together. And I don't know what that resolution is right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there there's a lot of nuance to be considered here. So if you go to the right guard spot, that is 
the biggest problem area right now because you don't know who's going to be the starter. They tried to bring more continuity when they started Chandler Zavala the entire time. And Wes, pro football focus, didn't love his outing. Mm-hmm. It was under 60, like 55 overall grade, something like that. Didn't get graded very highly either in run blocking or pass blocking. And the most memorable play he had was the hold when Hayden Hurst, Bryce Young, they're able to connect on what could be a fourth and short conversion attempt. But he has the hold and it moves him back 10 yards. So third and 30 compared to a fourth and three, very different scenario. I didn't look at Zavala and think he was awful in this game. I didn't think he was, oh, God, that's that's a real problem. We're still going to be going into the regular season with an absolute zero indication at who's going to start. I'd still start Zavala over the guys that we saw elsewhere at right guard. Nas Jensen graded very well pass blocking during his snaps, which were not with the ones, but run blocking Jensen graded very low. I think the film kind of bared that out as well. But if you look at Zavala, what did you make of him? Because that was one of the guys most people were going to be paying attention to. Reich switches up the strategy. We're not going to rotate Michael Jordan. We're not going to rotate any of these other guys at the right guard spot. This time, these are your starters. We're trying to build continuity. Zavala is going to be our guy, and then we're going to go with a different unit as Matt Corral comes in and steps in at QB. What did you make of the fourth-round pick out of NC State? Yeah, I mean, I thought he just played pretty average yeah. uh, to below-average football. I mean, again, the interior, it was funny because I texted you guys in the group text when Scott Federer was like, oh, yeah, he, he was doing a good job against Leonard Williams. I was like, uh, he's on the right side. Leonard Williams is the right defensive end. He did not see uh, much of Leonard Williams. Uh, he was on the other side with, I forget, their other that's gotta be one. tackle. And then, go ahead. Well, no, I was saying, like, that's got to be one where Fid is watching one play or a couple plays, and he sees that, and then that's just what's on his mind. Right, but I'm even yeah. like, when I'm did that you. happen? Because yeah. I'm like, Leonard Williams was on the other side. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything outstanding because the line – you're always going to grade the tackles the most because they have the marquee guys. And then you see on the inside how tough it was for them. But again, I I didn't see enough there to be like, Oh wow. Like this is the cure that they're looking for. So you got to see more from him. This week is going to be a a huge week for him. I would imagine as well. I still think he's going to be the guy that starts. I do. So if you go back to what Zavala did in college, He allowed one hit on the quarterback in his 422 pass blocking snaps per PFF last year at NC State. Different position, mostly playing on the left side. Now you're trying to switch him over to the right side. And maybe this speaks to more how low the bar is at right guard without Austin Corbett. Maybe it does. I'm not dodging that. But I still think Zavala is the one that I still feel the best about over everybody else that saw time. Mm-hmm. Nash Jensen is doing it out. He might not even make the team, though. Hell, now that Marquand McCall got cut, maybe Nash Jensen is someone that goes to the practice squad. But with Chandler Zavala, this is someone that was injured the first week or two of training camp. Comes in, does a better job than the other right guards at that spot after having less time. Now we get a game against Detroit who does not have as strong of an interior defensive line as the Jets do or the Giants, which Giants is really all that matters when we specifically talk about Zavala because Zavala wasn't playing against the Jets. If Zavala goes from average to maybe even below to average or even above average, maybe even better, right? That'll be two starts ever in the NFL, still limited snaps, and you're going to throw them right into the fire. 
And we know that guards can figure stuff out pretty quickly. Like we have a better sample size in position history of guards figuring stuff out earlier than other positions because that's just how the position has kind of worked. I, I am not panicking on Zavala by any means. I've, I've talked about feeling best about him at that spot. That is still true without him having a monster game. That's still true even after preseason game number two. Yeah, there's no need to at this point because, as you said, he's really just gotten into the mix as far as contact, and this was his first NFL game as well. So let's see how uh, he adjusts as well. Nash Jensen, I mean, I know that they've been talking about how much they've been wanting to give him opportunities, and I know that he has definitely flashed during camp. So I wouldn't be so sure. I think he's a guy that's going to be – right up in the mix until he's not. I think they're looking for answers and everybody has an equal opportunity. And I still feel that way after this second game that that they're taking all applications for this interior in this offensive line when you talk about this right guard slot as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what Zavala can do, what he can make of this, where he'll get better going into the next game. Because as I said, I think we'll see him Uh, a lot and I think this is really going to be an audition for him to seize that job if he wants it I don't want to focus so much the the last thing I'll say though man he he played every snap with the starters I just think they want him to maybe you're right I I wouldn't be crazy surprised if somebody else took this job but they want him they want him badly to take that starting job and that's why I feel like if they want him to you're already working with some bias and he gets all of those snaps and you're trying to build continuity and he looked better than everyone else, even if the bar is low. I'm actually kind of talking to my, my myself into actually I am going to be a little surprised <laughs> if they bring in somebody else up there. But yeah. we'll see. The offensive line overall has to perform better interior line for sure. And the biggest disappointment as far as your expectations going a completely different direction. We've already talked about it. It was our focus of the top segment. It's icky. Icky needs to play better. And hopefully that happens. And based off what we saw last year, there's all the reason in the world to believe in this guy. Really talented. After you had your pick of the litter of the top three tackles, he's the one that had the best year out of Evan Neal and Charles Cross. And so there's no reason to say, oh, now it's not going to work after two preseason games. You'd still like to see him play better in those two preseason games we're discussing. Let's talk about a positive, though, Wes. What was a positive for you going back to Friday and looking and saying, okay, decent amount of bad? But that is something that I came away with a positive, feeling very good about that player, position, whatever. What was on your mind in that front? Well, if I wanted to pick one just to start the conversation, I think Von Bell, what you saw from him, I think a little bit of tangible and intangible, right? Because he comes up, he makes the big hit uh, on Dan- on Darren Waller that knocks the ball loose on a would-be completion. And then just the juice that he had after that. Because that was one thing that I looked at during the preseason game. And I was like, okay, you know, after losing 27 and nothing, this team should be showing a little bit more juice as far as just fire, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to want to get out there and look good. So I thought when Von Bell made that play, uh, I, I thought it was didn't end up being a tone-setting play, but I just like the mentality that he brings to this defense as a veteran 
and just coming out there laying a big hit on the guy to break up a play and to be able to just get guys a little bit uh, excited off of that. So I'll take that uh, as a positive. That was a nice play well, even, for him, and that's kind of what he does. Even your starting safeties all across the board, really. Yeah. You, know, you see Chin, Von Bell, Jamie Robinson, a lot better game this go around, mm-hmm. especially if you want to take a look at pro football focus. So, yeah, I mean, Von Bell, that's the guy a lot of people are excited about, what Von Bell can bring to this team, and he showed that. That is a positive sign. I'm going to go to something simple, but Bryce Young. I'm going to point at him. Bryce Young looked good in this game. So if you look at him escape a little bit of pressure, I don't even know how much it was. The pocket was moving more towards the left. And this was on the first drive or the second drive. I forget which one, but he's moving to the left. And then he throws to Jonathan Mingo, who stops on that route. And that was something we're all pretty immediately able to pick up. Right. As soon as you start to look at what happened between him and Mingo, Mingo stops going across the middle. But that's a pretty sick throw. Okay, so you're moving to your left. You're kind of going Matthew Stafford's sidearm, throwing in the middle, and it looked like if Mingo doesn't stop, at least to me, it looked like Mingo was about to catch that thing in stride and pick up a decent amount of yardage. And so for me, love that throw, even if it wasn't a completion. Then you go to the completion that got called back to Hayden Hurst. Man, that guy took a hit to his blind side, stuck in there long enough to let the route develop close to the sticks, throws it on a dime to Hayden Hurst, Hurst makes the physical catch and goes to the ground, and you're set up with the fourth, fourth and short scenario. I, two good throws, and then you even see the young Mingo connection that did work out where he hits Mingo in stride. Mingo bounces off the defender and picks up 10 yards after the catch. Bryce Young looked good, Wes. So if you see two preseason games, where the first preseason game, it was my theme of the week. Tell me what he did wrong, and I couldn't get one answer. Tell me what he did wrong. Didn't get an answer. Let's move on to preseason game number two. Now we're talking about an incompletion being the fault of Mingo on a miscommunication. And then one completion that gets called back because Zavala holds. Bryce Young looks good to me, Wes. The first two preseason games, only 12 attempts. I don't care. Come at me with your sample size all you want to. I feel good about what Bryce Young did this preseason. Yeah, I did too as well. He he looked poised out there. He never looks rattled. And for a team that a lot of people are really starting to question the offensive line and if he'll be able to make it, quote-unquote. I think that this is a guy that's just showing that he's got the poise. Uh, He's going to be the type of leader that this offense needs, and he's going to keep encouraging his guys, and I think that's going to be huge as well uh, to keep everybody's emotions in check. But, yeah, you're correct as far as just the reads and the way that he played the game. Uh, I think he I think he looked really good as well. Let's go to the first Bryce Young soundbite that we have, Fiddy, that we did not get to in the first segment. Bryce Young did talk about a leap that he took from week one to week two. Here's Bryce Young on the improvement. Yeah, um, you know, I think just communication-wise as a unit, um, you know, we did a couple of different things communication-wise, and I think for the most part we handled that well. Um, and, you know, that's not just me. That's it. that's that's with, with Bose and the entire O-line um, and then with the receivers and running backs too, just making sure we're on the same page. And, you know, I think, again, operationally we, we added a couple of things, and I think um, there's always room for improvement, but I think we handled that well. Um, so I think that's definitely one positive. Yeah, I do think that's a positive. So there are still some problems here that are communication-based. And, Wes, that's to be expected for your rookie QB and an entirely different coaching staff where you have two different play callers, right? Like, you have so much new. This is where Moose's text and a lot of other people saying don't panic. This is where they have credence. We can isolate what Icky has done in one-on-one situations and say, man, that ain't scheme. That's just getting beat. 
fix it. I believe he will. But with this kind of stuff, where Mingo, Mingo's first snaps are right now. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young's first snaps are right now. You have the offensive line where Chandler Zavala, he's another rookie. Three rookies in the starting lineup here, Wes. Three that you're relying on at the most important position in football, at a pretty important one in protecting him on the right side. And then also your wide receiver who could be wide receiver number one, especially if you adhere to what these national pundits are saying, how bad their receiving group is. You have a lot of new, and that's where we can go to and say, okay, this is the part that's fine. The miscommunication heading into regular season, this is where it's okay to make these mistakes. Just like we felt it was okay that Bryce Young was throwing an interception a day down in training camp because this is where you want to see those mistakes happen. You definitely want to see those go in practice so you don't see him in a game, and luckily he's yet to throw one in a game. Yes, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet, but he hasn't thrown uh, an interception. But I like the throw uh, that he had in the first quarter around 550 when he hit Mingo for that yeah. nice completion because you got to see – the, the processing and what everybody talked about. He knew immediately what the defense was coming at him with, and he executed the play uh, to perfection, found Mingo there for a really good completion. And then Mingo showed you a flash of what he can bring to the table too, being really physical after the catch. But uh, it's just the main thing I took away from Bryce at this point is just leaving you wanting more. I want to see him play for an extended period so I can see what type of game that he puts together, and that's all that the preseason has done really is just whet the appetite to see him play for that full uh, amount of time, that full 60 minutes in a football game to see what he can do. All right, we can talk about what Frank Reich plans to do with Bryce Young in preseason game number three, the last one before we get ready against the Atlanta Falcons in the season opener. Here's the opener, Fitty Flash. What you got for us, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Wow. All right, guys, tonight, Commanders Ravens Monday Night Football to close out the preseason. Before I get to my actual uh, item, Al Michaels was asked about nationally televised preseason games. He responded, Here we go. Not very enthused about having to watch nationally televised preseason games, but Sam Howell will get the start uh, after officially being named the starter for the Commanders last Friday. Wes, I know you're going to be wanting to watch your boy, Lamar Jackson, out there with all his new weapons, but what are your expectations for the former the former South Carolina high school product and the starting quarter or the former starting quarterback for North Carolina? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see Sam Howell in this game because when I saw the matchup, I automatically thought in my head, well, what reasons would I watch this game uh, when I saw it at the bottom thing? <laughs> Here we go. I mean, I have to think about it because I'm like, okay, what, what are the reasons? And not in a bad way, but just in my mind, I'm like, okay, why would I want to watch this game? And I said, oh, yeah, Sam Howell, I do want to see what he's going to do. So I have a vested interest in that. Uh, if Lamar plays, I mean, not necessarily to see him. I know what I'm going to get from him, but... Uh, Zay Flowers would be interesting to see as well as Odell Beckham uh, to see what he looks like in a Ravens uniform. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of new here. I think that's the intrigue. And plus, you could say you could say here we go with whatever preseason game. If you're not a fan of them, then there's going to be plenty of reasons. Even to get excited after a quarter of the starters playing, you know what's to come on the second half. And then you're going to want to get out of there like Al Michaels does yeah. in the primetime football games that he calls nowadays. Let's switch it up. Let's go to the college football ranks. Remember, we have teams 
Team Week continuing at 1 o'clock. We'll discuss Clemson for Team Week this week. But we do have Campus Corner coming up next. What do we expect from Mining for Greatness? What is Mining for Greatness? We'll tell you all about it coming up on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Another episode of the Wes and Walker Show. Another edition, episode, whatever you want to call it. But we are here on a Monday. We hope you are having a good Monday over your way. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the social channels, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at HTB underscore Josh, at Walker Mail, at Wes Bryant underscore 72, and at... Wes and Walker, most importantly, on Twitter and Instagram. And now it is time to go to the campus. Kona. All right. Biff Pogey, we know that the Charlotte 49ers will have a weekly series that will come on ESPN Plus called Mining for Greatness. Pogey brought the idea of the documentary to Charlotte 49ers director of athletics, Mike Hill, months ago. And so when you talk about this show, it's going to come on weekly. It's going to document Charlotte's season this year. And this is nothing new for Biff Pogey because I started watching. I know a little bit late, but I started watching the other series that he had on HBO Max or Max, whatever you want to call it. But the cost of winning showcasing his St. Francis High School squad in Baltimore. And it was pretty good, and it gives you a lot of insight into Poggi and what he brings to the table. But there will be at least 12 episodes that will be available weekly, as I said, on ESPN+. Plus. The exact air date for the series is TBD, but the first episode will drop the first week of September, according to executive producer David Raven, a UNC Charlotte alumnus and president of development construction and property management firm Northwood Raven Raven whatever the case may be Walker what do you think uh, about the show and what are you going to expect as you watch your 49ers go through the season well here's what I want to talk about really it's Will Healy and Biff Pogey as soon as they each took their job to start their tenure as the Charlotte 49er head football coach they went out and publicized the hell out of this program immediately Mm mm-hmm I thought that might be something that takes a step back with Biff Pogey. Man, I was wrong. Goodness gracious, man. This is somebody that not only is doing cookie reviews, not only is slamming the podium when you only ask him three questions. By the way, a lot of other teams only ask three questions too, but Biff got the attention because he's willing to slam the podium and say that's why you have us last. He's the guy that says he wants to hold riders by the ankles and slap them, beat them up a little bit, <laughs> rough them up. That's, this is our coach now. Yeah, man. Very different mm. way than taking off his shirt in the locker room doing the whole club lift thing. That publicized the university, too. That absolutely publicized the program. It's a very different way, but Mike Hill, 
And each of these last two hirings has made sure that Charlotte's on the map. And it takes me back to what Mike Hill was all about as soon as he took over that athletic director job. The old axiom used to be, it's the best kept secret in Charlotte. And Mike's like, wait, I don't want to be a secret anymore. I don't want to be a secret in the Queen City. Let's out. Let's get out here and let's be well known, not only in Charlotte, but all across the national landscape. So now you have national publications picking up what Biff Pogey is doing. And now there's a documentary. He's got that kind of pull. And you also have real talent. He's delivering on what he wants to do recruiting wise. He's at least giving you the four stars. Yeah, he's doing everything you want outside of the winning because they haven't played a game yet. But it's a completely different team. He'll be the first one to tell you. And you, all the eyeballs, you're, you're going to have a chance to watch this team this year. It doesn't matter. Are you in Arizona? Cool. You're going to have a chance to watch this football team. And you're going to have a chance to watch what's going on behind the scenes. That's what I can't get over. It's the fact that both of the coaches now have publicized this university in a way that certainly hadn't happened because their tenure had been young anyway. You only had Brad Lambert just trying to launch this thing. That's what I take note of. And I'm hoping the winning and the consistent winning actually comes alongside all of this publicity. If he recruits anything like he did at St. Francis, let me tell you, those high school teams he he had were massive. (laughs) These guys were nasty. Blake Corm was on the team, and they were beating some of the nation's best teams like drums. So I think that he definitely has an eye for talent. No question about that. If you have Max, check out the cost of winning. It'll give you some insight on Poji because he said, and I told you guys in the fishbowl, he relates, he related to a lot of the kids he had from inner city Baltimore. He said, look, if I wasn't coaching football, I'd be in jail or dead. And so that's why you might get some of the rough rider tendencies that he has word to Stephen A. Smith. Now, with college football this season, we've all been talking about how excited that we are about the season that's coming. And one of the reasons I feel like might be at the top of the sport this year, a lot of these teams have turnover. Carson Beck was just named the starter at the University of Georgia. You look at Ohio State, another college football playoff favorite. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are going to compete for that spot. You go look at Alabama, Jalen Milrow, Tyler Buckner, Ty Simpson, all will be competing for that job. So with so much change at the top for these teams, especially at the most important position in sports, do you feel like that that's giving the sport all the more parity, at least for this season, and creating more excitement? I do think that you're, I do think you're going to have a lot of parity. Well, even just speaking to parity, Wes, we've talked about the ACC. Here we are doing the team weeks, and I'm kind of joking about me being a homer for every single one of these teams. I am the big old ACC homer this this year, and I'm not. I didn't didn't try to be. It's not what I set out to do, but I just look at a lot of these teams and feel pretty good about them heading into the regular season. Maybe this becomes a theme every single year, but it's the good kind of parity, right? Where it does seem to be, we think this conference is going to end the season in a better place than where they started. Clemson has to answer for the quarterback woes that they had last year. We'll see if Cade can do it, but that's still a team that won the ACC championship. Now, Florida State could be on the rise. As much as it's a conflict for me, I want Florida State to get beat down because they think they're hot bleep, but also I want them to be good because it's better for the ACC. This is the mental wrestling that I'm currently undergoing with Florida State. Either way, you have the number two overall pick in Drake May as the favorite right now. 
there's a lot of parity, and I do think that it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens within the ACC this year, and maybe even beyond, once you get to the big boy leagues that they like to call themselves the SEC and the Big Ten. Well, that's one of the things that the ACC has going forward this season, or going for it this season, that can help it get back into the national conversation, is the quarterback play. You've got a lot of great starters returning for these teams, and so you can get some consistent play, and hopefully these teams get into the rankings, stay in the rankings if they're not already there. We've got Jordan Travis at Florida State, Riley Leonard, Kate Klubnick. I mean, he's coming onto the scene, but this is not an unknown guy. Clemson knows a little bit of what they're getting there. Drake May. Uh, you can go down the list with some of the quarterbacks in the league that will be playing right now. Even at NC State, they've got a guy in Brennan Armstrong that we are all familiar with in the ACC. So that's going to help the league tremendously, I think. But to answer the question, I think at the top of the sport, when you talk about the Ohio States, the Alabamas, and all of these schools having new signal callers that we don't know yet, it's exciting because new stars are going to emerge, and we're going to see how it impacts the seasons of these teams. But, well, oh, last, you had something no, else? Well, the last thing I was going to say is I don't want to get too crazy where it's like, all right, maybe you could have the, you know, an NC State reach the college football playoff, which is a good team within the conference, and we have so much parity that they could win the championship but you do see a TCU that's very good in the regular season historically but then also they get to the championship game and so you're still going to have your Bamas and your Ohio States and now even Georgia they're still going to be the favorite I don't want to go too crazy but yeah at least at a different level at least maybe in tier two that's where you can start to see the parity maybe even infiltrate tier one every once in a while no doubt and when we come back team week for the Clemson Tigers begins let's get it on the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.